0: Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast. Today, (laughs) we are talking energy leadership, energy leadership. Really and truly, this is managing and really regulating the landscape of our emotions. This is something that I have become a volunteer researcher on. (laughs) It is something that I've become quite passionate about, and I'm going to give you some insight on that today and why this is relevant and real for you also. Okay, so when you think about the average human, right, having a human experience, the thing we all have in common is that we want to feel seen, loved, heard, valued, appreciated. We all desire that. We all crave that, but the thing that blows my mind is that so many of us, haven't had education or training from the school system, from our family, from anywhere, really, about how to feel, to process, to navigate, to understand, to articulate, to to overcome, to really, really know how to regulate our emotions, right? Even as I say, that term or that phrase of regulating emotions many are probably thinking and filling in the gap well that means repression that means not feeling them that means self-control that means just not letting emotions run my life right however that does not create freedom and the thing that's interesting to me is that there's so many people that i work with specifically as a coach, as a strategist in the realm of relationships. That's where we experience other people as mirrors and holding up places that we can heal or how we're showing up. A lot of times they reflect back to us, areas of strength, areas of weakness, just everything, really. <laughs> so that's where we also wrestle the most. We, we really have a hard time in relationship because emotion is a huge part of that. If we don't feel emotionally safe, that often means that we don't express our emotions. And then when we don't express emotion, we repress it. That's when things like anger can come up. And we think that it's anger, but it's actually shame, right? Or another emotion like anxiety can come up, but it's really an insecurity or inadequacy around identity and worthiness, right? But we don't go into the weeds with our emotion because we don't think that we have time. But courageous leaders are actually willing to do this inner work so that they can actually hold space and recognize when other people need that work and, and can really have an opportunity to create learning opportunities for other people to really be empathetic, to actually genuinely care and invest right in their coworkers. That's huge. A lot of people would say that they don't have time for that, but what ends up happening is we end up cleaning up messes because we don't have time for the things that matter. So I wanted to just dive in a little bit around this, from a biblical perspective. I was in quiet time, and that's really where this came up for me. And I was reading in Psalms, specifically Psalm 143. And this is David, who I just love because he gives me full permission to feel what I feel and to be okay, to not judge myself for that, right? Like, we don't need to be... A judge with our emotions, we can actually extend ourselves grace, right? And and really take the approach of a scientist. Be curious about the feeling. Where does that feeling come from? Like, what feeling is that? If I were to actually name this emotion that I'm experiencing, what would I do with that? Right? We actually have to feel our emotions in order to heal, right? And a lot of us are trained to mentally try to understand emotion, but that still is not us feeling emotion. That's us labeling and just handling it in a way without feeling it, okay? So, in Psalm 143, it talks about really how how what we think you know is is really complex sometimes and what we feel is even more complex. And in this specific psalm, David is feeling depression, he's feeling gloom, and he doesn't want to meditate on his problem. Instead, he wants to come up against the problem by choosing to remember the good times of past days, pondering the doings of God and the work of God's hands. In other words, he's thinking about something good, and that gave him strength to overcome this battle with depression. Okay, so your mind does play an important role in your victory. And it's really the power of the Holy Spirit working through the Word of God that brings victory into our lives, okay? But a large part of this work needs to be done in our thinking, right? And we refuse to do it because we choose to think it's unimportant, and we don't experience victory because of that. But we really win when we start disciplining ourselves to meditate on good things that God has done, Okay? And to literally feel what we're feeling because that's important. We actually have to assign value to, to feeling what we're feeling so that we can get clear on our emotional landscape because that will only help us to then choose how we want to feel, how to process what we do feel that doesn't feel good, how to articulate that and communicate that and experience intimacy and vulnerability and transparency with other people, which leads to depth. And, and greater intimacy and closeness and connection, which we all crave, right? So it's really important to be able to start building capacity in this area. And I call this energy leadership because it's literally emotion, energy that you're putting in motion. And a lot of times we are feeling so much, we are processing so much in our mind, and then we're not feeling it, right? We just suppress it. And then because of that, we're not able to... Assimilate information properly. We're not able to f- fully reap the benefits of life experience because we assign meanings to life. So we don't properly assign meaning to life, right? That is fruitful for us and, and productive and allows us to grow and move forward in healthy ways, right? So we need to feel in order to properly integrate a whole human into our future, all right? So there is actually a biblical prescription for depression and i'm gonna walk through a few things okay so psalm 143 3 through 10 actually is where this description of depression comes from and how to overcome it okay so in detail i'll kind of just break this down so that you can use this as your prescription if you will to defeat attacks of the enemy against you okay because all it takes is a fiery dart of the enemy to plant the wrong thought in your mind and then you start feeling bad about yourself and you start living accordingly, okay? So this is in a sense a wake-up prescription as well. <laughs> so Psalm 43:3 says, "Identify the nature and cause of the problem." All right? That's the first part identify the nature and cause of the problem. David says he feels as if he is dwelling in dark places as those who have been long dead. Okay, this certainly sounds to me like a description of somebody who's depressed, right? There's nothing optimistic about that at all. Okay, and I believe that the source of depression described here is the enemy who's attacking the soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, okay? And if he can... Really get control of our soul by us giving it away, he can manipulate us and control us, right? Psalm 143.4 says uh that or let me give you this step. Okay, so the first one from Psalm 143.3 is identify the nature and cause of a problem. Psalm 143.4, recognize that depression steals life and light. Okay. So you can feel sad, you can feel grief, you can feel emotions, and you can also feel them. Like don't hear me wrong, you you do want to feel your emotions, but you do want to be able to discern and distinguish the difference between feeling them and choosing to activate something else because that's really where the shift happens and the energy leadership happens, right? I could feel something and it could cause me to react in an unhealthy way. Or I can feel something, understand what I'm feeling and experiencing and love and accept myself in that feeling and in that experience, and then choose to respond to life and lead myself into a more pleasant experience when I'm ready, right? So it's really the difference between reacting to life and responding to life, all right? And sowing what you do want to experience. So recognize that depression steals life and light. You do not want to make that a habit Or a default, okay? Depression oppresses a person's spiritual freedom and power, okay? Our spirits, empowered and encouraged by God's Spirit, are powerful and free. And that's what we're after. We wanna live our life in alignment with God's Spirit, okay? Therefore, the enemy seeks to oppress our spirit's power and liberty by filling our minds with darkness and gloom. Because if our minds are full of that, then surely our emotions will bear the fruit of that and we'll live lives like that, right? Which is not glorifying God in any kind of way. So please realize that it's vital to resist feeling depression for long periods of time, right? Immediately when we begin to sense it, we don't want it to remain. It becomes harder to resist if we keep giving into it, okay? So that's why you know even in times and seasons where i would say i was depressed i still chose to recognize what i was experiencing give myself grace not beat myself up for that but choose to get up choose to take action choose to read the word choose to shower choose to to you know make the day simple and just do things that that i had the energy to do even if i didn't feel it right and allow myself to continue to move forward in productive and healthy ways because that was in my best interest. And really just recognizing that depression was not permanent was something that was helpful. Psalm 143.5, remember the good times. This is a great way to feel what you want to feel, right? We don't like to think that we have permission to, to feel what we want to feel, that we get to choose that, but we do. Okay, so when you prioritize feeling good, and and really growing in emotional intelligence, this is a way that you can help yourself as well by remembering the good times. In the verse 143.5, we see David's response to his condition. Remembering, meditating, and pondering are all functions of our mind. He obviously knows that his thoughts will affect his feelings, so he gets busy thinking about the kind of things that will help him overcome the attack on his mind. He thinks about God and the good things he does. Okay? So, you know, in seasons of depression and heaviness, choosing to focus on things that you're grateful for, choosing to keep an attitude of gratitude, choosing to to release and cast your cares on God. That's that's an intentional action that's not laziness right choosing to walk by faith choosing to keep hope alive choosing to feed on the word or even just be washed in the word or soak in a sermon or something right choosing to turn on worship music choosing to expose yourself even to what you can't activate on your own putting yourself in an environment and support of what it is that you're after so you can think about good good things and the good things that God is doing Psalm 143.6, praise the Lord in the midst of the problem. Okay, praise is a principle for breakthrough. David knows the importance of his praise. He lifts up his hands in worship. He declares what his need truly is. He needs God. Okay, far too often when people get depressed, it's because they're in need of something and they seek it in the wrong places. Okay, which only adds to problems, to their problems, right? So, you know, whether that's seeking uh, after drugs or alcohol or using an addiction as a crutch, right? Whether that is getting in relationships that you know you're not in a good place to even be in a relationship, but you're using it, you know, as as a way to to numb and prevent yourself from feeling things, right? That could be um, putting yourself in environments that you know are not helping you and they're not growing you and advancing you right so there's many things that can happen when we're looking and seeking needs to be met in the wrong places okay because it's god alone that can water a thirsty soul right it's god alone that can water a thirsty soul when we try to get our needs met elsewhere we just create bigger problems okay so do not be deceived into thinking that anything else can satisfy you fully and completely No person, no thing, no material thing, right? No resource. Do not be deceived into thinking that anything else can satisfy you fully and completely. Chasing after the wrong thing will always leave you disappointed, and disappointment opens the door to depression, okay? So this is something that I didn't like receiving, (laughs) and maybe you've been there at different times in your life, right? But I didn't like the idea of thinking that I was feeling depressed or that I was feeling a painful emotion or that I was experience experiencing the experience I was in that was not pleasant because I didn't I'd invited that. I chose that. I'm like, no, like who would choose this, right? Well, we don't consciously choose pain, right? Subconsciously we make these choices based on how we've been patterned, based on what we believe, right? And then we have evidence of that in our life. So I didn't want to believe that I gave the enemy place by by accepting depression or by accepting to to just be anxious and that that was normal, right? Like I really did not understand that I had authority over my emotion. I could feel it for sure and, and allow myself to feel and understand what that means and where it's coming from and what's behind that, right? But then I can also heal by the power of the spirit in me, right? Like I I am a above the emotion. The the emotion is not my identity, right? I can feel it and I can understand what I'm experiencing and grow in wisdom and knowledge and how to care for myself well and how to communicate and express myself well, right? Which will only help me in relationships. That will only help me create a new legacy. That will only give me more awareness, right? Two, show up in ways that that feel good and that are honoring, right? And caring for me rather than continuing to be in a low and weak state, right? I've been called to be empowered and powerful, right? And I can choose to live in bondage. I didn't want to accept that truth, but it's true. I could choose to return to bondage. If I refuse to do the work that God is giving me in front of me, right? By revealing, oop, you're still feeling this, right? Let's process this. You're ready to process this now, right? So God alone can water a thirsty soul, all right? Do not be deceived into thinking that anything else can satisfy you fully and completely. Chasing after the wrong thing will always leave you disappointed and disappointment opens the door to depression. Okay? Many things can open the door to the enemy. Frustration, murmuring, venting, not keeping a guard over our mouth. One of my prayers that I love is, God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be good and pleasing in your sight. That's saying, you know what? I know when I'm not like tuned in, tapped in, turned on, aligned with God, right? Like I know when I'm not there. Cray-cray can happen, right? Like I can take the bait of a crazy thought that's not true and that can exalt itself above the truth. I can start feeling some kind of way, right? I'm not immune. And so that's me recognizing that and asking Holy Spirit to take over (laughs) and help me so that I don't show up out of alignment. I don't make a mess, right? Alright, the next one, Psalm 143, 7, ask for God's help. This one is so huge. Like, literally, I did not experience deliverance in my life from addictions, from different, you know, dysfunctional patterns, from traumas, from different things that were tormenting me and traumatizing me, right? I didn't receive deliverance from that until I asked God for help. This was not something that I could just put a aid on. It's not something that I could just have talk therapy with. It's not something that I could just, you know, read enough self-help books or go to enough conferences. I needed God's help straight up. Right? So ask for God's help. David asked for help. He is basically saying, hurry up, God, because I'm not going to be able to hold on very much longer without you. Right? Like if it's up to me, I'm going to fall apart. <laughs> I'm going to have a breakdown, right? I can get pretty far, I can accomplish a lot, but if it's up to me, I'm still going to have a breakdown. So I need God's help, right? Psalm 143, 8, listen to the Lord. Listen to the Lord, wait on the Lord, right? When you're in his presence, are you just venting and making demands or are you actually listening to him and letting him lead you and guide you? A lot of times when we're in the word, that's when we can receive downloads and divine inspiration and revelation and wisdom and strategies and the word of God that we are, you know, given the principle that we're given to stand on, right? And he might even give us ideas and strategies for who to connect to and who to walk with and, and who to partner with, whether it's a coach, a mentor, a therapist, right? Whoever it might be to help us unpack what we're now ready to face, right? Like he will reveal that stuff to us. But ask him for help and listen to him for his wisdom and for his strategies. David knows that he needs to hear from God. He needs to be assured of God's love and kindness. He needs God's attention and God's direction. Okay, so I don't know about you, but I could be... You know, under an attack of some kind, and I just inherently sense that I need to spend more time in the Word when that happens. Even just last Saturday, um, there was something that happened to me on Friday that had me in a place of heaviness, and I'm like, "Whoa! Like, I don't know what I had planned for this day, but it ain't nothing gonna work unless I sit and get in the presence of God." And four and a half hours go by, right? But that whole time. God was just ministering to my soul. I didn't have a plan. I just knew that I needed to get in the Word. I was led to journal. I was led to verses that just totally spoke to my spirit. Peace was brought back to me. I felt that heaviness lift, right? And anything else that I could have done that day wouldn't have just flowed unless I surrendered to that time. I needed to listen to God, right? I needed His attention and direction, right? And it shifted everything for me. All right, Psalm 143:9 Pray for deliverance. A lot of times we don't think that we can do this, but we absolutely absolutely can. We can lay hands on ourselves. You can lay hands on your mind, you can lay hands on your heart, you can just lay hands just on your body and and your spirit, right? And you can pray for deliverance. Once again, here we see in Psalm 143:9, David declares that only God can help him. Okay, please notice here throughout this discourse, he keeps his mind on God and not the problem. And that's usually where we get it twisted. We want to focus on circumstances and conditions and external things rather than really regulating what's going on inside of us so that inevitably those other things can shift. We kind of get it backwards, right? Which is what's reinforced in the world. So unless we pull away, unless we ask for God's help, unless we pray for deliverance, we're not going to see that shift. We're likely gonna just go into our default mode of focusing on problems. Okay. And then lastly, Psalm 143.10 says, seek God's wisdom, knowledge, and leadership. Okay. Perhaps David is indicating in this Psalm that he's gotten out of the will of God. All right. And we can do that mentally, emotionally, spiritually with our soul. We can get out of agreement of God, right? We can. Perhaps David is indicating that he got out of the will of God and thus opened the door to the attack on his soul. Hear that. Sometimes we open the door to our attacks, okay? He wants to be in God's will because he realizes that it is the only safe place to be. That's my favorite place to be. Then he requests that God help him to be stable. Help him to be stable. He wants his unsettled emotions to be level, not up and down. So really what what all of this is saying here in Psalm 143 is that we can meditate on God's Word and apply its principles to our life. And that's awesome. when we'll reap the benefits of it. We can't just read the Word and expect the Word to go to work. We have to actually meditate on the Word and understand personally what is God saying to me about that. If I speak that over my life, if I apply the principle of this word to my life and let it have its way in my life, then I'm going to see the fruit of it. Then I will see the benefit of it. But a lot of times we miss that. We just try to, you know, look at our Bible app and read that verse and post it on social media. That is not meditating on God's word. That is not really getting a revelation of what that means for you personally. That is not going to help you literally take authority over an attack, right? We've got to meditate on God's word and apply its principles to our life, and then freedom and peace will come from that, okay? So those are just some principles, right, to overcome some heavy emotions. In the final verses of 143, Psalm 143, David is calling upon the Lord to deliver him from his enemies, right? And um, enemies can be thoughts and emotions sometimes, right? we're exalting all of that above the truth right sometimes we can make an idol over feelings and emotions okay so he is asking the lord deliver him from his enemies because he has to run to him for help and protection he asked the lord to teach him his will and to let his spirit lead him into a level country that is a strategy okay I believe that what David was asking for when he spoke of a level country was balanced emotions. That's something we can pray for. We can pray for stable emotions, right? We can. We can pray for healing in our emotions. We're not often trained to think of that, but now we're having greater awareness to our mental health and to our emotional health and thus our heart health and our soul health, right? It's it's all connected. So having balanced emotions can be something that you pray for. Really what this means for him is he wants to be secure in who he is and whose he he is. And he wants to be able to place himself in the hands of the Lord, right? Like if up to me, I know what I'm going to go to when I feel unstable, right? And that's not going to be good for me. So David placed himself in God's hands and allowed God to bring his life out of trouble, free him from distress, punish his enemies and cause him to win victory over all those who are afflicting his soul because he belonged to the Lord. Okay, so we, you and I can place ourselves in God's hands and we can do that to withstand the devil's attempts to drag us down into the depths of depression and despair by allowing God to move on our behalf to win our victory. A lot of times we try to just react and go into action, right? And take things into our own hands and we create a mess, right? So instead we can choose to feel and recognize what we're experiencing and ask God for help with that. God, what would you have me know about this? What would you have me do, if anything, right? What would you have me say, right? Uh, Help me so so that I honor you in what I think, feel, and do, right? And in all of my affairs, right? Ask God for help. Pray for deliverance of a spirit of heaviness. We don't just have to take that and accept it. We can pray for deliverance from that, right? Or we can pray for wisdom to process in healthy ways what we're experiencing, okay? And God can move mightily on our behalf, right? Especially if we feel offended or afraid, right? We're not always thinking with wisdom when we're offended or afraid, right? So asking for God's help and listening to him for for revelation and for wisdom and discernment about next steps is incredibly powerful, okay? And when we call upon him to answer us, we're really leaning on and trusting in him. And that's faith, right? When we're leaning on, relying on, depending on God, that is faith, okay? Okay. And we can lift up our soul in the entirety of our inner being to him, okay? And the Lord is promised to respond to our faith. So when we lean on him or rely on him, the Lord promises to respond, okay? So even if we're under a minor attack, it may take, you know, a few hours sometimes. It might even take a few days. But If we're under a major attack, it might take longer. However long, though, it may be, we can stand firm and continue to cry out to God and receive the help and encouragement we need to stay strong. Okay, And we need to be confident that the Lord will deliver us just as he delivered David. Right. So as we see ourselves really with partners with God, God has a part and we have a part. We can't do God's part and he's not going to do our part. Okay, so the other thing that I like right after this verse, actually, right after that um, chapter is Psalm 144. And here it literally is talking about how David sees and he says here that the Lord taught his hands to war and his fingers to fight. This is key to conquering depression. We must do what David did recognize depression submit it to the lord call upon him for his help and then fight that depression in the strength and power of the holy spirit okay and how do we fight it by spending time with god by praying by speaking his word also by lifting our eyes our hands our head and hearts as a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to god It says in Psalm 144 that the Lord is our rock and our strength and our steadfast love and fortress, our high tower and deliver our shield and the one in whom we trust and take refuge, the one who subdues our enemies under us. Come on, right? Like, and then it even says happy and blessed are the people who are in such case, which is whack, right? (laughs) It doesn't feel like a blessing, but happier and blessed are the people who are in such case because they are the people whose God is the Lord. Okay, so even if you don't feel blessed, you are. And we need to remember that our help and our hope are always in him. Okay, so keys to experiencing the wisdom, the strength, the empowerment to really understand, grow in awareness, and and really capacity to regulate our emotion comes from God and the power of his spirit, right? And then as we spend time in God's word, we can receive more clarity, wisdom, and direction. And God can also guide us to resources to help understand how we process our emotions, maybe why we've you know, been patterned to react in these ways in the past, or why we carry so much anger, or why these traumatic events continue to traumatize us, right? Like, why does old trauma continue to come up, right? Like, how can I actually heal this and and be delivered from this and actually move forward in a healthy way and have and enjoy my life and be free and powerful and peaceful? How do I do that? God can point us to researchers, to podcasts, to teachers, to therapists, to coaches, to mentors, to materials to help us have an understanding so that we can be aware. Because when we're aware of the emotion, we don't have to react. And then when we're able to feel it, and choose how to respond from a place of peace, we get different outcomes. And those different outcomes are subtle, but they drastically change relationship dynamics, whether that's as a leader in the workplace and being able to understand and regulate not only your own emotions, but be able to have the capacity to to lead others through that in the workplace too. Incredibly powerful, especially in this time helps you manage family dynamics, it's so, so powerful. And it really does create greater intimacy, transparency, trust, safety, support in your life, which is something that we all really crave and desire and can have. So I know that this is just scratching the surface, but I did want to give you a reference point to ways that you can handle emotion differently and encourage you to develop emotionally, And really choose to feel, really choose to dive in and do your inner work because it will radically change how you have and enjoy your life, how you process, how you assign meaning to things, and how fulfilled you are and how satisfied you are. So if you want to do more inner work and self-mastery work, make sure that you visit juliannapage.com. There is a self-mastery course over there that is incredibly powerful to do this inner work. There's also coaching services that I offer, so I'm happy to to walk you through what that might look like. There are some books there as well for your spiritual developments and exciting things coming down the pipeline. So if you haven't subscribed to my newsletter, that's also what I'll recommend so you can get your hands on some new books that are coming out. All right, guys, until next time, stay blessed.